Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. Use promo code GATERS on the deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Gators Breakdown is proud to partner with AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash Gators. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by BetterHelp. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Gators and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Gators. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. Twitter, X. Is anybody even using threads? I'm on threads anyway, but uh, I had to get that taken care of. But uh, there we go. Wherever, at GatorDave underscore SEC, you guys know. You can find me there if you don't follow me there all ready so hey, a small preview here of the mcneese game for the florida gators not a huge uh game that's getting many people excited of course coming off the loss to utah you know i think we'll, we'll stew on that one until florida actually takes the field on saturday uh and plays a football game but we'll get into it a bit i mean not, not much here you hope not much here uh if you're a gator fan but if you go back to and we'll, we'll take a peek at mcneese and their terrible performance last week which is why you really shouldn't be all that worried but uh we'll get into it anyway <laughs> just a little bit there's not much to get into this game is more about florida uh than it is mcneese florida is playing florida uh on saturday i don't mean that to be disrespectful in any kind of way but uh hey that's just where we're at right now but uh hey florida if that is any kind of fall game uh there, there, there's some trouble there's some trouble there but I, I don't expect it to be so we'll get into that uh, too uh we'll get into that and of course as well the big news coming out today Jadarius perkins uh, we'll be hitting the transfer portal, uh, one game in for the Gators already. So we'll get into that too, just a second. Uh, and Hey, uh, whatever. So I've, so, some of you joining me on uh, YouTube right now, whatever, uh, there's some comments. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, shorter episode here, not a really in-depth preview of the opponent this week, given who, uh, Florida is playing, but, uh, leave some comments and, uh, we can finish up the episode uh, that way, but everybody like, Subscribe right here on YouTube. Thanks for hopping on live. I know uh, got to kind of get them in when I can. Uh, didn't really have an announcement for the time of this episode, but uh, put it out there on Twitter. Some of you joining in. Put it on Gators Breakdown Plus. Some of you joining in right now. So thank you so much uh, for hopping on this live episode of Gators Breakdown. Like, subscribe. Your support goes a long, long way in helping Gators Breakdown grow. I've uh, been really busy at GatorsBreakdown.com. Uh, I was the first one up with the Jadarius Perkins news there. I got wind of that this morning, but uh, was told to hold off, and I did respectfully so that, to let him announce it. Uh, so there it was. Uh, Jadarius Perkins did announce uh, that he was going to transfer from Florida, but you can find uh, the story there at GatorsBreakdown.com. Uh, Billy Napier press conference last night as well. I summarized that for you a good bit. Tyreek Sapp discusses emotions, improvements, and motivation after loss. So a lot at GatorsBreakdown.com. Guys, please go check it out. Uh, you can support me there as 
well and Gators Breakdown Plus. Hey, the latest episode of Gators Breakdown, I gave you guys a preview of what we do on Gators Breakdown Plus, that chat episode um, about you know kind of where the team comes from here, what do you want to see uh, to make you feel better as a fan, uh, and all the questions that came along with that. Good Q&A with Gators Breakdown Plus members. If you want to take part in chats like that, join Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. A lot of good stuff there. You get the ad-free episodes, the Discord access, extra episodes. You get the newsletters from GatorsBreakdown.com, the Q&A as we did, giveaways, custom shout-outs, all that stuff, Gators Breakdown Plus, keeping it. Hey, guys, keeping me busy this fall is already. I love it, love it, love it, and just want to keep it going. And there's another way you can keep it going. And just interact right there on that Discord server uh, with a lot of other Gator fans, Gators Breakdown Plus members. So, all right, let's get into the big news today. Jadarius Perkins tweets out that he's going to transfer. And one omission of a name, of course, called Everybody's Eye. But here it is. Here's his tweet. I want to appreciate Dan Mullen and Scott Strickland for giving me the opportunity to be a Gator something I'll remember and cherish forever. With that being said, I've decided to enter my name in the transfer portal as a graduate, a really unfortunate situation. I love all my teammates that has kept me up throughout everything. Outside noise means zero. Only the people in this circle knows the real, and that's all that truly matters. Wishing my brothers luck in finishing this season, and you guys worked so hard for it. So, Go back to the beginning. I want to appreciate Dan Mullen and Scott Strickland. No mention of Billy Napier, but I was told when I heard this morning and um, I made phone calls to confirm that it was going to happen, that there's no hard feelings here. Uh, Jadarius Perkins has some things to figure out, and also he's late in his career. He lost his job to Jaden Hill. He wants to play more snaps, and the way college football is now, there's a way of doing that. And Plus, now he's a, grad, he's a graduate transfer, so uh, you know he's already transferred in one time. Uh, if you, know, you go back to it, uh, what, what year was that? And making sure um, before joining Florida, of course, in 2021, uh, he spent his freshman season, freshman and sophomore seasons at Mississippi Gulf Coast. There with DeJuan Black, of course, uh, there. And then he come in to Florida in 21 and, uh, of course, 22. Played in all 13 games last year for the Gators. 14 tackles, 12 solo, two tackles for a loss. He won one interception versus Georgia, uh, I believe, where he kind of just ripped it out there uh, along the sideline. But you could kind of uh, see maybe why, if he wants some playing time, he really wasn't going to get it here at Florida. If we go back to last week in Florida's first game, he only played six snaps, recorded one tackle versus Utah. And look, we, we – figured this would be the deal if Jaden Hill won this job and you go back to spring and it was kind of a surprising move in some ways when we saw Jaden Hill was going to be moved from outside corner and moved inside to this nickel star role uh, that would create a competition here uh, between Jaden Hill coming off of injury and you know can he stay healthy that's one thing so it does hurt, hurt Florida in that way you know if Hill does go down now you've got to fall back and probably turn to a true freshman. And Sharif Denson and Billy Napier brought up yesterday, um, kind of with Sharif Denson's name, you're going to see him a lot more this weekend. And I think originally we thought that was because of giving the opponent and you're going to have a chance to play some freshmen. But I think there was a little more behind that. And a day later, we get the news that Perkins is going to transfer away from Florida. So Sharif Denson, the big, big, big benefactor here as a true freshman, going to be slotted in right there behind Jaden Hill, uh, so it does hurt depth 
uh, at the spot. And is Florida, can they move some other guys in, in that spot maybe to help with the depth? You know, can a, can a, a Kimber or a Moore slide in if they need some help there? Jakeem Jackson as a true freshman. Uh, Bryce Thornton maybe as another option. So, uh, you know, I, I think if we go and we look at the depth chart uh, that Florida released just yesterday, Jadarius Perkins was on that. You look at star and it was Jaden Hill, Jadarius Perkins, Sharif Denson. Okay, well, there we go. We get the uh, Sharif Denson bump up. Uh, Aaron Gates now uh, as a true freshman who uh, may be getting a spot. He's on the depth chart at one of the cornerback spots. Does now he maybe find a role there. So I think, you know, maybe we'll get an answer against McNeese when you probably, hopefully, can take Hill off the field, give Denson some reps, and then let's see who else slides into that spot right there. But uh, uh, well wishes for Jadarius Perkins. I hope it all works out for him. Hopefully he can go somewhere and get some more snaps and, and, and play. Kind of an inconsistent career at, at, at Florida. Didn't ever really light it on fire. Had some good moments. And like I said, that big pick versus Georgia last year uh, there, but just couldn't put it together consistently. Play in, play out, game in, game out. Uh, and then um, it didn't look all too great in the first game versus Utah uh, last Thursday a week ago. So, um, but want some more playing time, showcase his abilities this late in his career. Uh, so grad transfer and go on and see if he can make something uh, out of himself at another school. So be interested to see where he ends up. Um, does he have to, you know, level, you know, same level as Florida? Does he have to, you know, drop down to a lower tier school? We've seen some of these recent transfers uh, that were Dan Mullen guys transfer away. And you, you got the likes of going to, you know, defensively lately, you know, you've seen some guys go to pit. You see, okay, that's, that's, that's a pretty good defense. <laughs> I won't follow anybody for going to pit. Uh, but if we've seen Temple, you know, in, in, in the regards, or, you know, guys that just transfer away and end up going to uh, Lorenzo Lingard had a big run for Akron, I believe. That's, that's where he's at this past weekend. So, you know, does he have to drop, if he won't stat play in time, will he get it at a high level or does he need to drop down a level to get the reps that he wants and maybe showcase his abilities uh, for his next step? So, Jadarius Perkins, senior defensive back, on his way out for the Gators, going through the transfer portal. Uh, and we wish him luck there so uh before i move on I'll, I'll go ahead and go to some comments right here so we're not um you know missing so i don't have to come back to this at the end of the episode um tiffany we, we've got to cover it i know you say nobody cares about this we got to cover it as i said at least it's a depth hit for florida but in some in, in some ways and i think i see it in here at least we get to see the freshman now. And that way we're all excited for Sharif Denson to get some more reps and, and get his, you know, he played versus Utah uh, there, but uh, had some snaps there. But now even more snaps there for the, for the uh, uh, true freshman. So as Jonathan May says, rather see young guys get snaps over a senior. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, we're going to get it, I think. And my thing is too, maybe Sharif Denson was maybe even pushing for some playing time. And maybe it wasn't just Jaden Hill here in this regard. And, you know, maybe splitting reps behind Jaden Hill was also a factor um, coming in here. Um, Michael Bozeman, I'm assuming this is coming to me or maybe in somebody else in there, but I'll answer it anyway. Will you be at the game? I'll be there in Gainesville. Come, uh, come find me. Everybody, you can message me on Twitter uh, or whatever. Come find me there. I'll, I'll put up the map where we're at, Harmonic Woods tailgate, first home game for the Gators. And we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. The first half of the day is going to be a uh, – um, 
a kind of tribute uh, to, to to Jimmy Buffett and, and his recent passing. Uh, so there's a big uh, Buffett fans there uh, at the tailgate. So uh, it'll be a lot of love shown there, and then kind of the uh, you know get down and party uh, for, for 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 all day. We get started early, and uh, it's a night game, so we'll be there. Uh, so Matthew Walker. Uh, I don't mind freshmen getting more reps. It can be a sign of the recruits early playing time and smooth development. Yeah, there you go. That's where I was going to. Maybe this is more of a Denson thing as well. Uh, so I, I'm ready to see it. I, I, I am I, I am ready to see it for sure. Uh, look, and Sharif Denson, I had him on Gators Breakdown as a recruit. I got to interview him. He's here in Jacksonville. It was easy to get to. Um, uh, so selfishly, being a Jacksonville kid Jackson and a Jacksonville guy myself, I hope Sharif Denson goes there <laughs> and just uh, we see him you know, really push uh, and it's not so much of a, a drop-off if it is a drop-off from Jaden Hill to him. I mean, look, he was, he was recruited for this star role, this nickel role the, the, from the time he was getting looked at by Florida, from the time he committed, this is where we pegged him. This is where Florida pegged him. This is where he knew he was going to play. Uh, so now getting those reps through spring and getting the reps through fall camp now – First game last week. I think I'm excited for a game like McNeese where you should be able to get in and get a whole lot of reps. I think we're all now with the transfer news and just because we want to see him, see what Sharif Denson does at this nickel spot. All right, let's turn the page a little bit to a little bit of a preview. And oh man, uh, Florida's opponent this week, McNeese, did not have the best look of it last week in week one to start their season off against Tarleton state. They lost 52 to 34 and I'm throwing up the stats for you on YouTube so you can get a good look, but I will go through them right here. This should let you know everything you need to know about this game. Florida should have no issues. There's some big, there's some big issues if Florida has issues. <laughs> I don't think we'll see it, guys. Uh, that would be the first time I kind of go away you know, from that. Uh, I think this will be a pretty easy game for our Gators. Lost 52-34 to versus Tarleton, Tarleton State last week, did McNeese. And if you look at the stats here, let's just go through the stats here. I mean, not, not much of a McNeese, but we're not going to go into players you should really be looking out for and, and all that kind of stuff. There's, they're an air raid offense. Uh, but you couldn't tell it from these stats. First downs, Tarleton, 30. McNeese, 18. Third down efficiency, McNeese was 4 of 19. Florida, 3 of 13 on defense on third down last week versus Utah. You'd expect that trend to continue this week for a McNeese team that just went 4 of 19 on third down versus Tarleton State. Uh, something to look out too for Florida's offense is to get their third downs much, much better than we saw last week. Tarleton State was able to go 8 of 12 on third down versus McNeese. So something I think we should be able to look at for Florida is, yeah, you should go have some success on third down as well. McNeese gave up 554 yards. I mean, this is FCS level here. FCS level opponent here. And you give up, you know, it's in your own conference. Don't get me wrong. But this is less you know what Florida should be able to do. You gave up 554 yards of offense. McNeese only gained 278. I mean, that right there, that, that really much, that pretty much tells you all you need to know about this game. The score tells you, and then the total yards. Um, McNeese, being that air raid team, only threw for a, 189 yards, or 18 of 41 through the air, 4.6 yards 
a pass. Florida's defense should not have much of an issue here. Uh, we'll see what, what it means for the offense. Charleston State was able to throw for 344 yards, 20 of 34, 10-point yards, of, uh, a pass there. They did throw two interceptions there, so McNeese, you know, getting, uh, causing some interception, some causing some interceptions there. Uh, McNeese only 89 yards rushing. Charlton had 210, so the Florida ground game should be able to find its groove this week. Something I know we'll be looking for. I'll get into that. You know, I'll, I'll go through some things I want to see uh, here after we go through this summary here. Uh, but a very high penalized game for both teams. Uh, we'll see what that means who, uh, here as well. So uh, McNeese I didn't, of course, go back and really look at the game. Did they cause the three turnovers? Uh, there were two interceptions thrown by Tarleton State uh, and one fumble lost by them as well. So there's you look at last week and kind of what – why we feel like we should be able to and can kind of gloss over the type of opponent Florida has here. Not much to speak of in way of one game so far for McNeese losing 52 to 34 last week. Uh, so should be pretty easy day for our Gators where they can kind of just concentrate on themselves a little bit, get better. Florida's going to play Florida on Saturday. So hopefully, hopefully that means a lot of points on the board, a lot of yards, and not a lot of yards for the opponent coming up this weekend. But, hey, I'll, I'll go through almost kind of position by position of what I want to see uh, from the Gators this weekend. You'll get a lot of basics, kind of a bounce back from last week at the same time, uh, things that you guys want to see as well. Uh, you can comment along the way. Uh, I'll come back on the other side of it. But, uh, yeah, we, I think we all know what we want to look for and what to see uh, from this Florida Gator team. But, but hey, before we get there, NFL is kicking off this weekend. If you're not already in, it is time to get in. Get it started with MyBookie as a better. Hey, look, you demand perfection, and MyBookie delivers. NFL, college football, brand-new cash-out system gives you the options to bet and win all season long. And the first two legs, if you parlay hit, okay, well, good. And then cash out early and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odds boost, free bets, and super contest. This season, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code GATERS on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet your deposit amount once, and you're ready to cash out at any time. Again, that's promo code GATERS to claim your Cash deposit bonus. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And Gators Breakdown is proud to partner with AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. That makes AG1 formulated to support whole body health, raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. It replaces your multivitamin, your probiotic, and more in one simple, daily, drinkable habit. I now start my day with drinking AG1 after pairing it with exercise and diet, and I'm ready to tackle these busy days of football season. My focus is at peak level. It's a comprehensive solution, and if you need that from your supplement routine, then try AG1. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash gators. That is drinkag1.com slash gators to check it out. 
and Gators Breakdown is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, do you ever find that you're, you have trouble falling asleep? You know, your brain suddenly won't stop talking. Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or other inopportune moments? Well, it turns out one way to make those thoughts go away is to talk them through. You know, therapy gives you a place to do that. It gives you a chance to do that. So you can get out of those negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. You know, therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself, something most of us are trying to achieve. I've seen it help my family. I've seen it help my friends. And there's an easy way to get help. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. Just visit, fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gators today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gators to get started. All right, let's get this thing going. We'll hear from Billy Napier uh, a little bit from media session, from SEC teleconference as well. So if it sounds a little bit different, if it sounds like Billy Napier was on a phone in some of these sound bites, it's because he is <laughs> for the SEC teleconference. Uh, but I, I pulled some sound bites from a, a Wednesday, late Wednesday press conference to get us going here. Uh, kind of bounce back from Utah. Looking forward to this game as well. Uh, and just um, kind of position by position, a lot on the offensive line. Uh, to to get going here, but uh, let's first get started with Billy Napier and you know the leadership of this team since the loss to Utah. Well, you just listen to players, you observe players. You know we have uh, multiple cross sections of players that we meet with throughout the week that represent different groups, and we give them a platform where we have a leadership development kind of things that we do. We have a group that meets on Monday, a group on Tuesday, a group on Wednesday. Um, and that's very evident. I think something that's, you know, maybe it's hard for people to comprehend. Nobody wants to do it more than they want to do it. Does that make sense? I mean, there is no fan, there's no alumni, there's no one that has worked hard as these players have worked. Right, and there's no one that's worked as hard as this staff has worked. No, no one wants to perform and be at their best and be loyal and do their job for their team than the players and the staff. Okay, and I think um, we like to say, "Hey, it's it's we view things from our lens, right?" And our our expectation and our standard um, is more demanding than anyone on the outside. Right, and I think that's that's an important piece here. And look, uh, with some of the things that happened in that game, criticism is well deserved, right? I mean, I think for me, um, those are the things that you know we're very aware of that. And I think our players, uh, they 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 want to do better. I mean, there's no there's not one individual out there that's just like, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it's important for people to understand that. There we go, and, and look, he's right. And look, I, I threw it out there last week. You know, the, we this team needs to have their leaders step up. Are there leaders? Yes. Can the leaders get it done? That 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 that's the thing. I, I think you know every team's going to have leaders to some point. How effective are the leaders? Uh, I, I think in, in bouncing back from that disappointing loss, um, I, I think that that's where it's going to determine where this team can go uh, and, and, and move forward away from, from that loss. Make sure you have a good performance this week versus a team you should 
have a good performance this week. Try to put it behind you. Billy Napier mentioned, hey, look, Tuesday, Wednesday practices were tough. Were tough. Now, hopefully it wasn't you know, tougher than what it has been because at my point, you know, why wasn't it at that level to begin with? Uh, it should not have taken a loss. It should not have taken a slap in the face to get going. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that was what it was. You know, I think this team just really shot itself in the foot a little bit, and we'll get into that uh, a bit. And playing at home, playing versus an opponent like this, it's, a lot of the issues are just kind of going to take care of itself and go away on their own. If they don't, uh, then you, you got to look deeper at, at, at what the issues are. Uh, so the leaders are really, really got to step up, and you know they're, they're taking it too. You know, criticism well deserved. He said they're they're aware of that. Uh, it's going to come with the territory. Uh, you know, even Steve Spurrier out there, not uh, you can tell in his voice. I think he was on Fine Bomb, uh, where you know not too uh, you know too positive about where uh, Florida's at and kind of what happened last week there. So hopefully, big bounce back this week. You know, they have those leaders step up. Yeah, I think uh, you you know uh, they know. I mean, Tyreek Sapp had it too. And I'll pull up uh, some of his quotes uh, there from what from what he had too. Um, but talk about motivation. Um, but it, you would think still early in the season, a lot of things to play for. There's plenty of motivation there. Uh, but I do like his you know answer. He goes the emotions of the defense after a loss. He says we're, we're extremely motivated. You know, I love all my guys on that defense from the older guys to the young guys. Um, it's not only motivating, but they want to win. Everybody sees it. Even in the good, we try to find things we can do better. Even in the ups and downs of that game and the downs, we try to find things that we can do better, maximize the opportunity, uh, just ways we can play better. And obviously looking in the mirror at ourselves of what we could have did better. He had a big speech after the team as well. So he's one of the leaders uh, I, I'm looking for. I think he can be that leader type. Uh, so I, I am looking for uh, a big, cleaner bounce back this week. I think it's going to happen anyway, just being at home and style of opponent. But I think we'll know of the stuff we're about to go through here if the leadership has gotten all the way through and improved on so much of the issues that played Florida last week. So, hey, let's go through it. Like I said, kind of position by position, but I kind of wanted to start with that soundbite there from Billy Napier, uh, kind of get this going here, getting a bounce back from Utah, and it starts with the leaders. But hey, let's start at the quarterback position. We'll start at the quarterback position. Of course, Graham Mertz uh, starting quarterback and you know doing uh, what he did last week, throwing for 44 times and over 300 yards. And I, I think you know, start looking at it now, no interceptions, You know, get the timing down. Uh, every rep is going to matter. Uh, here as you start trying to build this thing, build this offense with him at quarterback. We saw some timing issues last week. You know, given the opponent now, you shouldn't have as many of those. But you know, your communication, the communication, you and the receivers have to be on the same page. Uh, so all these game reps going on with, with, with that, I think you know a lot of the interception last week had a lot to do with that. Uh, can there be some fluke interceptions along the way? Sure. Or if you're throwing the ball 40, 50 yards down the field, um, those don't necessarily have to be bad decisions, bad throws that get picked off. Uh, so uh, we'll be able to tell, uh, but love for just no picks in general. That uh, means everybody's doing their job. Uh, looks smooth running the offense. I'll get into that in just a second as well. Kind of like the tempo uh, of the offense, but also kind of just almost going back to the interception. Get on the same page. Man, everybody be on the same page. Get the play in. Um, you know, get to the get, get to the get to the snap. Get to the line. Make your checks. Uh, but hopefully no, not, not a lot of miscommunication. There's going to be a lot of young guys on the field uh, in, in this game. So, yeah, 
I'd still like to see it, no matter how young they are, you're at home, you'll have the crowd on your side. Look smooth doing it. Graham Mertz is supposed to know this offense from front to back. Each play here and there, you're at home. You have the advantage of that. Go ahead and just look smooth running the offense. Uh, and one more, throw the ball down the field. We want to see some more downfield shots. This should be where you should be able to take advantage of your athleticism. I know it's not going to be such a huge part of this offense. We heard all spring. We heard all fall camp. You know, he lives in that short to intermediate range. Well, in a game like this, we need to see the ball thrown down the field. But part of that, part of that, and that's going to go to the next part, is your offensive line's got to give you time. And I do think that bit Florida last week. I don't think they even had the opportunity to go down the field a whole lot uh, last week. And Billy Napier loves those long developing routes. Uh, and now I think, you know, with an offensive line that has yet to prove they can give you time to pass block, that's what they need to prove uh, in, in this game. So, um, Billy Napier, I'll start with some sound from him on this offensive line from Wednesday's SEC teleconference. And, you know, just kind of those guys bouncing back. I think that there were a number of factors that contributed maybe to our situation. I think in particular penalties, negative plays, um, those are the enemy, right? I think football is a game of efficiency. You want to stay on schedule. I think we had a number of, of things that contributed to our ability. We got knocked off track. We're playing behind the sticks a lot, uh, and that affected our ability to to be consistent and stick with the running game. But there's, you know, I've got a ton of confidence in our group. Um, I think some of our issues were in protection. Uh, more than other stuff, but you know we've always had really good play up front. Uh, it's been one of the things that we have invested in. We believe in uh, that group's always played well. Even last year, I think that group played well for us. So I think you're going to see improvement from this group as the season goes. Uh, we do have, I think, we kind of went into the game with maybe only 13 starts with that group up front. So that group is inexperienced. Um, I do think that we'll continue to get better as we go. I think, you know, at some point we'll get Kingsley Glocken back. Um, I think Lindell Hudson, you know, as the third tackle will be available this week. So all those things I think will contribute to, to our group playing better. And I know they feel uh, that they can play better as well. Definitely should be the game they play better. And hey, look, I. It's a catch-22 here. You'd like to have Kingsley out there so you're starting five get reps together before Tennessee get those game reps together. But you start weighing it, and I'm not sure he could go if he wanted to, but I think you got to rest him for Tennessee. Uh, he, I, like I said, I'd love to have that start in five, those reps, but he's got to be on the field for this Florida offensive line to be their best. So the plan right now – hold him out, and hopefully that he's ready next week. That's the plan is to get him ready for Tennessee. The plan is to get him on the field for them. So he went through a lot back in the spring and most of fall camp there did Kingsley. But this offensive line together, you know, the, 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 five, the starting five now, and then when he gets on the field, doesn't have a whole lot of experience together. Um, so we'll get into that too in just a second too when Billy Napier goes into more about the penalties in the offensive line. But – how do you dominate this game up front for the offensive line? Well, there's two ways, but some of it's going to have to do with the run-pass ratio. And I'll go back to the quarterback spot a little bit. And 
you know, do we want to see the quarterback position, whether it be Graham Mertz and Max Brown throw the ball 40 times again? You know, if that's going to be more of a factor of this offense, do we see the run pass ratio tilt more to the passing game? Or is this a game where you lean more toward the running game because it struggled last week and you're just trying to get that in motion? Can you can you get the run game in, in, in a groove? I know given the opponents, and it may not mean much to you, but this these this starting five or this five now, and you know the reserves that are going to be counted on in the coming weeks, they need all the reps they can get, and they need the I think a confidence boost after last week as well. Given it doesn't really matter who the opponent is, uh, they, they need to go out there and look good, uh, and, and at least prove that they can at least go out there and, and do it. No, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. You know, Billy Napier um, kind of going on to this next part here. And you heard Will and I talk about it on Monday night of, hey, look, there was a big thing about we didn't – He it was a surprise for Billy Napier the way they showed up at Utah and then the penalties and just how they kept mounting up and the inopportune times of the penalties being there. And um, it, uh, it really caught Napier by surprise. And I know – you go back to it, and Will says, you know, he doesn't think so. You know, if it happened that bad, he doesn't think that that was just the first time. But Billy Napier, he's he's putting his foot down uh, on that a little bit. You know, he's like, hey, this was this was a surprise. Well, I didn't see these things in fall camp in the scrimmages. I think there's a level of um, intent there. I mean, I, I've, the struggle there is that I don't necessarily know that those things had showed up in a practice setting, if that makes sense. I mean, listen, discipline. Everything matters, right? I don't necessarily think it's one individual thing. I think maybe it's a reflection of a lot of things, right? So a lot of this is game day, you know, the, the um, I don't want to use the word anxiety, but I mean, there's an element of that to it, right? First game, on the road, difficult environment. Um, I wish I could tell you that, hey, uh, maybe those things had been an issue in scrimmage settings. We played pretty clean. Uh, we've done a ton of work with crowd noise, but um, ultimately, as a coach, um, if we go to the park and we play clean football, you can live with some things, but those are the things that keep you up at night, right? So we want to try to eliminate any mistakes that are totally under our control, and those certainly were. Yeah, so the penalties are certainly under their control. Billy Napier had no idea uh, that, that they were coming, so you hope uh, at least at home – uh, you'll have the crowd on your side. Uh, this is, you know, you the crowd on your side. It'll be a little quieter, <laughs> a lot quieter. Uh, but you should be able to, you know, finally, you know, rally the troops. And I, I asked myself this question, you know, here: Can being young, having a new center, being on the road, can those be issues? Absolutely. Nobody will go against that. Should they be issues? That's where we're. At. That's where we've got to start asking ourselves the question. So, uh, hopefully, that was just a blip, a blip on the radar, and they don't show up again. And, you know, if they haven't been showing up, then maybe that was it. Maybe they can move past it because it wasn't there to begin with. Uh, but you know, when you're practicing in the indoor practice facility, when you're scrimmaging in the swamp, you can probably do. Air- I mean, we've heard it on our own side when teams come into the swamp. You know, they prepare for it. You know they prepare, prepare for how loud it's going to be, how hostile it's going to be, and the f- fans still make an impact. It happened to Utah last year. It happened to Auburn recently. It happened to Alabama recently in recent years when they come to the swamp of just how difficult it is. You know they prep for it. You know they prep for it, but it didn't matter. Well, 
You know, if we listen to Billy Napier here, it says, okay, you know, we prep for it. Nothing showed up, but we go on the road and it's a hostile environment and, and, and it had an effect. So that's, that's part of college football, part of college football. And hopefully now being at home, you don't have to worry about it a couple weeks now till you go on the road to Kentucky, but being at home should eliminate a ton of the issues up front for the offensive line. So now it should just be more about play. It really should be more about play, the physicalness of playing the position playing offensive line. So now Jake Slaughter, you know, you would hope he looks a little more smooth at, at, at center. You hope the communication's better. You hope uh, your right tackle doesn't run the wrong way on that important fourth down uh, play. And now Lindell Hudson getting roared that he may uh, get have some reps. And after what we saw from Damian George uh, at right tackle last week, you know, you'd love for him to get some reps and maybe see if he can push uh, for some more reps. And, and where if George is going to, continue to struggle, you may have another option there. So, I mean, look, that's not to say much. I mean, Austin Barber didn't play great last week either at left tackle. He was supposed to be something we could count on. We didn't worry about uh, him at left tackle. But after what we saw last week, you know, that was not a shoe in That was not a for sure thing. So uh, the whole everybody along the offensive line can play better. It starts with playing smarter. And then once they play smarter, they can take that next step. So only see a lot of the backups, you know, you got uh, some, some young faces there. Um, Jalen Farmer, of course, Najee Harris should be getting plenty of reps and I'm eager to see where he gets the reps. Does he pop? I, I, we'll probably see him at center and guard uh, this game and getting some reps where you know, he, he's going to be cross-trained. He may be needed in either spot at some point this year. So wouldn't be surprised there. I know Roger Kearney, not on the depth chart. Well, we'll see what that means for him. And he, of course, he was getting the snaps in the spring game, uh, struggled there, but put in a whole lot of work in the offseason. So do we see, even though he's not on the depth chart, well, I, I think we'll see some players like Roger Kearney uh, when, it, when, it comes, um, when it comes down to it. So, yeah, up front, just got to play better, got to play smarter, get rid of these penalties, uh, and then – Hopefully, you can help this run game. That's where we got to go next, right? And hey, these backs have got to get in tune with the offensive line. We heard Billy Napier say that earlier this week is, hey, when the rushing yards aren't there, it's not just the offensive line. The running backs have to do their part as well. You know, have a cohesive formula when you work with the offensive line. So uh, Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, of course, go, go be leading the way, but we should be seeing a whole lot of Trayon Webb. But uh, Given the struggles last week, uh, you may see Johnson and ETN more than we thought or still more than we think just to kind of get in the groove with this offensive line. Uh, but Webb, maybe you know some walk-ons uh, as well, but getting a whole lot of carries here in the second half of this game. Uh, you'd hate for Johnson and ETN to get hurt in a game like this, but they may need the reps along with this offensive line uh, when you get there. But one of the biggest things I'm going to be looking for, depending on how much Florida throws the ball, the pass blocking from the running backs. That was not great last week. We know the offensive line is going to need the help, uh, but they struggled in that regard. We heard all preseason about you know the things besides running the ball these running backs wanted to get better at. Trevor Etienne specifically mentioned pass blocking, and it didn't look good last week versus Utah. So that's where you know some of the things away from the ball that I'm looking for for the running backs, of course, that's going to be one of them. Uh, we tied this together to the wide receivers. Talking about offense still and young guys. I know we want to see that. The depth chart comes out on Wednesday, and Eugene Wilson, the true freshman, is listed as a starter. So was it going to happen anyway? I'm not sure. Khalil Jackson, who was on the starters last week, you know, Napier mentioned him being injured 
kind of did lead the way here, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Eugene Wilson listed as a starter anyway. I do think if Khalil was in uh, healthy, he'd probably still be listed as a starter, uh, but it does open the door here for Eugene Wilson. Backed up by Aiden Mizell. I know somebody would want to see as well. Didn't really get to see him last week versus Utah. Uh, so, of course, you know, hopefully Andy Jean's healthy, ready to go. Uh, I know um, he was a, a bit injured last week before the Utah game. Uh, so maybe there's three true freshmen we do see, but you know Caleb Douglas, Marcus Burke uh, had some big catches last week as well. Uh, so those guys need the experience as well. You know, Burke still has, even though he's older, older than those freshmen that are out there, still needs the reps because he still hasn't played a whole lot in his career. Uh, but going to that clear separate, clear separation, get behind the defense. Now this goes back to the offensive line. This goes back to the quarterback's position if they have the time to go down the field, but wasn't great separation last week from these receivers in, 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 in that Utah defense. This is one where your athleticism should win out a bit. I want to see plenty of times, whether the shots are taken or not, at least from the receiver spot, some clear separation, get behind the defense. There's plenty of speed, especially compared to what you're playing, but a Wilson, a Mazel, a Burke should have no issue getting open down the field. You should be having catches down the field where there's nobody seven, eight yards and around you you should be just outrunning everybody um so be able to get some passes down the field but i was still with my at the same time seeing some catch and run uh i think florida's kind of had to kind of work that in we know that's going to be a big part of this offense when you go play the better defenses like you can take advantage right now of being able to go down the field you should have time to pass your quarterback should feel comfortable going down your receiver should be able to do it but Work on things that you know are going to be in the game plans that you're building up to when you start playing some better defenses and a lot of short passes, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands and some catch-and-run opportunities, break some tackles, do some – You know, we saw Eugene Wilson last week You know, in the, in the, call, in the play that was called back, do a little you know, catch the ball, little shake, little move, and he's gone. I want to see some more plays like that uh, as well because Florida's going to need those plays. I don't think there's going to be a – Florida's explosions this year are not going to come down the field in the 60-yard bomb type. They're just not. You may hit a few of them, but it won't be the consistent explosive plays. The explosives are going to come from catch-and-run opportunities. And I want to see some more of those on Saturday as well, especially with those young receivers out there. So I think that's where, you, uh, that's where you go position by position. Overall for the offense, pick up the pace. I don't know how many opportunities they're going to have. They may not have the opportunities, but last week was not good. You know, Florida late in the game situation in the fourth quarter. I'm going to detail it here in just a second, but the tempo, tempo was not all that great for this offense once again when it really needed to be. You get behind, obviously, and you're, you're two scores behind. There's a certain pace that comes with that. You know, we can play with different tempos. I think a lot of that has to do with the plan each week. You know, you've seen us play really fast at times, and then we we have different processes, slow it down. We play complementary football, um, and certainly tempo is a piece to the puzzle. I don't necessarily think it's all of the puzzle. So I tried to get Billy Napier on the SEC tele, teleconference to go about into the, the pace of play, and he didn't really play along. And I know Graham Hall earlier in the week, um, he tried to as well, but he finally did last night. Uh, maybe we just kind of – had to ask the question more than once and ask it a different way each time. And I think he finally came around to talking about it, but it doesn't seem to be a big worry still. And we go back to that fourth quarter, guys. I'm going to detail it for you. 
But for, you know, I, honestly, first, where can Florida do it this game? Well, you hope not in the fourth quarter in late situations, unless they just really want to do it. But uh, could it be the end of the first half? Well, Florida needs help anyway. You know, going back to last year's offense and you know the the middle eight, the last four of the first half, and the first four of the second half. Uh, but if Florida gets the ball late in the first half, I need to see the tempo. I need to see. I need to see a two minute offense. And then now with the new clock rules, it's even more so important. And let's go back to last week. Let's go back to the Utah game. For, it, it, it's apparent. Florida's just wasting way too much time. Cannot get going on offense as far as tempo goes. So they ran 23 plays in the fourth quarter. 18 passes to three runs. You know, you're down 24 to three to start the third quarter or start the fourth quarter. 18 passes to three runs. Okay, that's what you expect. Pull the ball down. On the fourth, three drives are at the end of the third quarter. Just a few plays. Um, so you already know. You already know to start the fourth quarter, you have to drive the length of the field. And I just talked about the lack of explosives for Florida. You're not going to get the 60-yard, 70-yard bomb. And you certainly wasn't getting it last week versus Utah. Utah's defense was the way they were playing you. So shift from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. Florida still, has got, Florida still has the ball deep in their own territory. And I'm going, to, I'm going to go where plays where the clock was running because that's where the difference is. On this first drive of the fourth quarter, when the ball, when the clock was running and the ball was snapped, Florida snapped the ball with 11 seconds left, nine seconds left, nine, nine. And then you finally started speeding it up a little bit. 19, 20, 17, 11. All the way down to four seconds on the play clock on a fourth and two with 10 minutes left in the game. And then the clock was running also on the touchdown pass. That snap got to Graham Mertz with 19 seconds left on the play clock. So that's not even all the plays. That's just the plays where the clock was running. And that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That was 10 plays. 10 plays. That's, like I said, that's not even counting the other plays where the clock was stopped. But you had snaps, three snaps at nine seconds. It's a 25-second play clock. Wasting so much time on the fourth and two. I mean, you absolutely had to get it, but you didn't snap the ball till four seconds left. And I know there's even more so important with the new clock rules. Even more so important. So then, of course, after the touchdown, it's 24 11, Utah. Florida gets the ball with 5.59 left on the clock. So basically, six minutes left on the clock right here in the fourth quarter. And on plays where the clock is running, the ball will snap with 15 seconds on the play clock. When Florida was lined up with 25 seconds on the clock, Florida was already lined up and still took 10 seconds to snap the ball. And I know we see it. There's too much motion. And Florida doesn't like motion is a huge part of this offense, but it also at the same time hinders this offense because of how much time it takes. And I know they want to do it to identify how the defense is playing you, but at times you just need to line up and go. You've got to beat the clock. Then the next play, snapped it at 18. They're lined up at 18. The ball was snapped with 12 seconds left, so six seconds right there. Uh, and then the ball was snapped at 17 seconds. Then seven seconds with 334 left in the game. Then a snap at eight seconds with 255 left in the game. I mean, there should be no reason they're far to snapping the ball with less than, I'll be generous here, 15 seconds. It would almost three minutes left in the game. There's one with eight seconds left on the play clock. 
seven seconds left on the play clock. So then, after the one where they snapped it with 17, uh, set, the play clock was reset to 25. You know, so you wasted eight seconds there. Then the last snap came with 20 seconds left on, on a running clock. So, wasted just so much time uh, in that fourth quarter. Need to see some more tempo from this offense. So, can Florida get into a situation where they're going to run some tempo here uh, versus Nice and yeah, Billy Napier says, of course, you know, we can. There's, there's a time and a place. Well, fourth quarter versus Utah was a time and a place for it. Uh, and still, the tempo was not fast enough uh, there to, to mount any kind of comeback. So, hopefully, they can kind of just see and maybe pick some situations. Maybe just come out, out and do it anyway, just to, just to get it. It doesn't matter against McNeese how much time is left. It doesn't have to be late first half when your starters are maybe still playing because you need them to get the reps. Maybe sometime in the first quarter, just speed it up to see if you can do it. So there we go. There we go. That's offense, what I want to see. That's what I want to see there. Um, but let's go to defense. Uh, we'll go to the other side here and finish the play. Uh, I think that's what we kind of all want to see there. They did some things nice in pressure, just didn't get the sack. There were some plays just as good as a sack. Uh, when you force the quarterback to throw an incompletion and it's nowhere close to the receiver or throws it in traffic. I mean, there there were you know, times where Florida, I thought, should have had a sack, but the play was successful anyway. But now we got to finish the play. Now we got to finish the play. Um, so if you were looking for a stat, looking for a certain number, yeah, you want to see some sacks. Here. You want to see three, four, at least three, four sacks in this game. Uh, and, of course, the, the young guys. I mean, overall, we want to see the young guys play. I mean, that's what it's all about in games like these. And it's honestly a continuation from last week. I'm going to hear from Billy Napier again here from the SEC teleconference, but he details, really details, the young faces on defense and just how many freshmen played versus Utah. A lot of rookies played. Jordan Castell played a significant number of snaps. Um, you, know, you mentioned T.J. Kelby Collins You know, had a role in the game. Um, a lot of the young DBs, you know, play on special teams. Jakeem Jackson, D.D. Johnson, Sharif Denson will have more of a role this week. Um, you know, Bryce Thornton played on special teams. Trayon Webb, Cameron James, Najee Harris played 13 plays in the game, you know, at offensive line. Um, so I think we played 14 uh, true freshmen in the game. Uh, and then we had eight transfers that were first-time players for the University of Florida as well. So 22 guys that had never played at UF played in the game last week. And I, I anticipate that number could increase this week. All right, of course. You know, and that's a high number. In the first game of the season, 14 true freshmen, a lot on defense, and a lot on defense making plays. I mean – Collins and I mean Castell was you go watch the beginning of that game I was so surprised how they were using him and he was close to the line of scrimmage and he was just everywhere on the field as the game went on but I mean he was just a I mean he was another outside linebacker at times it seemed like I mean I loved the way they used him and I loved the way he was able to come in right as a freshman get in there I mean just get in there down and dirty as a true freshman in you know a tough team versus Utah, a team that you know many teams you're going to face this year uh, in the SEC that are as tough as Utah. Uh, you have a true freshman in there making a name for himself already. Love what I saw how, and how they used Jordan Castell. I mean, I, 
we've already talked about it ad nauseum uh, the, the, this whole week, but Kelby Collins, TJ Searcy really making plays. Searcy just, I mean, it seems just like blown off a cannon uh, on the line right now. So uh, really like what I see from a true freshman playing in a big game. I mean, that's just, that's a teaser for what we're going to see this weekend. I mean, they should go out there and just and purely dominate. But, you know, some guys up front where I'd like to see it, uh, maybe more of an action, Jack Pyburn from somebody who we heard of in fall camp, um, watched this play a little bit versus Utah. Uh, didn't play at the level I thought he would. Um, probably not one of the best defenders on a consistent basis in run defense. I think he's going to be more in passing situations on this Gator defense. But, you know, I'd like to see what he can do. Um, there may a bounce back there from, from, from the Utah game. Uh, the interior for the most part last week did their jobs. Um, you know, kind of filtering the plays over, um, you know, to, to the linebackers who really took advantage of it, like Shamar James and a Scooby Williams, uh, there. So, uh, but I would see like this, given this opponent, just pure terror up front from, from the middle guys, your Cam Jackson's, your Des Watson's, your Chris McClellan's there. And, you know, Cam Jackson, you know, I know he had a, uh, uh, a passing in his family, uh, that he announced after the game last week there. So whether it affected this play or not, I don't know, but hopefully all is a okay there. Uh, and we just see him come and, and you know, be that player that we expected. Uh, but, um, really, really light from the, the young guys, um, they're in the new faces at the same time of what they were what, what they were able to do. Um, at linebacker, you know, Jaden Robinson, true freshman, we'll probably see him a lot this week. Uh, not sure how much we'll see somebody like Shamar James. They look, oh, it's it's the early in the season. A lot of these guys are still young, new faces. Um, you're playing with so many other players that are around you that are so new, so you need the reps together. Uh, so you don't really want to risk injury here but at the same time i think we saw enough and it's look got a new defensive coordinator he probably wants to try some things out and try some new combos out as well so we might see we might see a lot of these starters in the game longer longer than we necessarily think we would just because of how young this team is and all the new faces that are on this team that really need to come together that really need to come together uh and and build as fast as they can so um linebacker we've May see some more Shamar James than we thought we would. Uh, but uh, Manny Nunnery, Jaden Robinson, you know, probably Derek Wingo probably gets a little more snaps this week. He played uh, at the start of the Utah game uh, some here and there, but not a whole lot of snaps overall. Uh, but then um, going through, we already talked about Star just because of uh, Perkins on his way out. Uh, you heard just that soundbite I just played. It's kind of sound like Billy Napier was probably hinting a little bit. You'll see Sharif Denson a little bit more this week. I think he was hinting uh, uh, about the move there. I think he probably knew uh, Perkins uh, was thinking about transferring uh, before it was announced today. But uh, as I said, Jordan Castell, I want to see um, them move him, them use him a, a bit more. Does he start over RJ Moten uh, this week? Remember, Castell was listed as a starter last week, but Moten got the start. Then you had the big. Uh, big play by Utah to start the game. So, you know, who starts at safety? It, it just, I just want to see it. It, it. There's no depth chart. Does the depth chart tell us who's actually going to start? Uh, and then, of course, Kimber Moore at one of the cornerback spots. Um, those guys, kind of competition. I think you feel better, feel, feel pretty good so far about what they did versus Utah, about that second cornerback spot. But now it's about Dijon Johnson. It's about Jakeem Jackson. And I think we'll see a lot, a lot from those guys this week. And, 
there we go. I just want to see their performance and you know how aggressive those guys are. So old defense, I think, um, just keep these new faces, these young guys gelling. And um, hey, I'll tell you somebody else who I was impressed with last week, and he was not talked about enough in the preseason and should be talked more about now. That's Jamari Lyons. Uh, go back and watch the Utah game. He was in a good bit of plays uh, and run plays. Uh, and we didn't talk about him enough. And we've talked about Cam Jackson. We've ca- talked about Banks and Watson and McClellan. But before the season and coming off that Utah game, we really should be talking about Jamari Lyons more. He played a he played a good game. He, he really played a good game. And he was somebody that unsolicited was brought up to me where the staff likes where he's at. Uh, and that's good news for Florida. Good news for Florida heading into SEC play soon that they got probably even one more body you can add to the middle of that defensive line rotation. So I look to see a lot of him uh, this weekend as well. But he was in the action early versus Utah, and he made the most of it, I thought. So I did a heavy defensive watch. Uh, when was it? Two days ago. So Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday there. So I'm um, really, really impressed. Uh, with what I saw from Lions. Maybe we see more from Will Norman this week as well. So it could be the Lions and Norman show, uh, you know, kind of as the second half of this game uh, as you get um, some, some more experience for those guys. Uh, Big Dez did okay. I see, I see there uh, as well. I mean, I don't think the front played as fast as I wanted them to. They didn't wreak the havoc I wanted them to. Um, I think the linebacker still benefited from these guys in front of them. So that's that was my biggest thing. It was it was allowing these linebackers to really kind of go downhill a bit more, not get caught up in so much traffic that we've seen throughout the years. I did think the defensive line in the run situations really did a a good job of keeping it clean for the second level. Uh, and I want to continue to see. We should see that this week, of course, but moving forward uh, with, with, with those guys and add more names to it, uh, if they can continue – to help the linebackers, but I at the same time see those guys make some plays as well. Um, but yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, uh, Novell Beeman asked to do Spurlock. Yeah, maybe we'll see him too. He's not on the depth chart, but as I said, for a game like this, to throw down or throw away the deep part of the depth chart. Because you're going to get a lot of playing time, um, but you, know, you do have a Jaden Robinson who's a true freshman on the depth chart, and not somebody like Deuce Spurlock who was you know, in his second year of playing college football to transfer from Michigan. Uh, but yeah, Willie Peterson, them freshmen going to be dangerous. Absolutely excited to see that. JC says seriously, he dominated his man every time. He was one of those freshmen that I was hearing a lot of good things about back as a recruit and in the spring of how fast he was putting it together. Uh, that you could, you, you could see it. You really could see it. All right. Hey, man, this episode went longer than I thought it would. I mean, we're not even, we don't even have this big time opponent. Here I am going an hour anyway when I really planned on like 35, 40 minutes. That's what happens. Maybe I rambled. Maybe I went too far. Maybe I went too deep in some of this. But hey, it uh, spent an hour with the You Gators Breakdown listeners. So hey, if you hopefully you enjoyed it. A little bit of look ahead to this game and what I want to see, what a lot of what you want to see. 
Um, so Scott brings up a good point. And I'll end it with this. Shane Matthews this morning said we should pass more. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I put up a stat earlier this week, and when Billy Napier passes more at Florida, it's not a good sign. Over 30 pass attempts, 0 for 5, are Billy Napier-led Gator teams right now. The highest pass attempts in a win for Florida is 28 last year versus Texas A&M. So in Billy Napier's offense and the way he builds it, the more you're throwing it, the less chance you have to win. The offense is built on running the ball. Now, to what, what is, now that's your identity. Now, if you change your identity, does that change the stats? I don't know. I don't know if that changes the percentage of Florida winning. Like when Graham Mertz came in, and I still tend to feel this way, and it's not a hit on him. It's really not. He's going to need the help. I think he needs the run game to win games. He can go out there and throw for 300 yards. That's what defenses want him to do. And after what we saw uh, against you know Utah, a lot of that was what they were giving him in the fourth quarter. A lot of short yardage. Don't get me wrong. He, he took advantage, and he did what he was supposed to do in those situations. But the big play is not there. And defenses are going to take that all the time. So, I mean, we just saw it, 44 pass attempts right now, and it still wasn't enough to win. And it still wasn't really enough to score only but one touchdown. So, I don't necessarily get the thought of passing more to win in this offense. Can eventually Billy Napier build an offense for passing more? Honestly, with somebody like DJ Lagway, it should down the road. But the team isn't constructed to to win that way. And now, the dangerous thing is, after what we saw from the run game last week, I don't even know if it's constructed to win that way. So if Florida's going to win some games this year and maybe win more games than we kind of see right now, they're going to have to be some ugly, ugly wins where the defense just balls out and you're winning a low-score, one-score game. But at the moment, I don't see where passing the ball more helps this offense. Uh, you know, History says it doesn't help. The more times Florida throws it, they're not winning the game. 0 for 5, like I said, throwing over 30 times. So I, I don't know now. Maybe if you could spread it out and maybe get more empty sets or four receiver sets and it gets the ball out of Mertz's hands and you start hitting some more of those explosive plays, maybe, maybe, but I don't see Florida being able to march up and down the field passing the ball like that, drive in and drive out in the SEC. I just don't see it. If Florida's going to win games this year, it's going to have to be very, very ugly or the run game's going to have to come around. I don't see... Look, I'm not going to sit here and say I know more than Shane Matthews. You know, he played the position in college to a great, great level. The longtime NFL quarterback there. I know that, that that's his opinion. I got mine on it. You know, stats say it doesn't help a Billy Napier offense at Florida so far. So maybe we see some things different. Maybe if you completely change your identity to go that way, it benefits. But the way this team is constructed, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Good comments. Good questions. Some good questions off the heels of uh, big Q and A with the Gators Breakdown Plus members yesterday as well. You can check that out, that episode. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Even though coming off that loss to Utah, there. Uh, one more big thing. Big, big, big thanks to the Clay County Gators. Uh, invite me to their Gator Club uh, and speaking engagement there on Tuesday night. Had a lot of fun. Always a lot of fun with those. Um, with that with that Gator Club there in Clay County, so 
big thanks to Brandon for the invite once again. Uh, and you know, it was, it was, it was tough a little bit. It was tough a little bit after the loss to Utah. We're all kind of heartbroken a little bit still, but uh, still fun to get around Gator, Gator nation and, you know, and, and talk some Gator football. So, all right, let's get the dub this week, Florida. I'm not even really going to give a score prediction. I'll give a something like, I mean, this should be 50, 60 something to, I'll say 10 uh, out there. That's the kind of kind of score that I'm looking for right here from the Gators. So, all right, everybody, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Check me out uh, Sunday for the game review episode. <laughs>